On today's episode, we recap NFL Sunday Week 7 as both Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers lose. Are we witnessing the fall of an empire? We will discuss this and much, much more. It's time to sideline the agenda. Welcome to Sideline the Agenda. My name is Scott. With me is Kevin and Chris. And welcome to the show that sidelines the talking points of the corporate sports media. We give you our takes unapologetically. Nothing is out of bounds and every subject is fair game. Coming up, NFL Sunday Week 7 will keep you guessing. And Dak is back. But is he? But first, we would like to invite you to join our podcast by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. Welcome, everybody. Monday. Love that you're starting your week off with us. And we are going to react to that (laughs) cluster F which was uh, NFL Sunday Week 7. Saw a lot of... uh, uh, results that I would say none of us were anticipating. Am I wrong here? I mean, come on. Like, crazy this is a results. lot of crazy results. So we're why don't we just go ahead and jump on in and get into it? What do you say? You are now about to enter the Twilight Zone, uh, which was uh, NFL <laughs> Week 7. Uh, let's start off with that uh, AFC North rivalry matchup between the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Orioles. The, the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I had the city. I had the city right. Just the wrong sport. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens, of course, it was a surprise. Exactly. The Twilight Zone was the fact that the Baltimore Orioles actually came out and took the field for the Ravens. No, just kidding. Uh, Thank you for the correction. Baltimore Ravens, that is. They were able to survive this one and win, beat the Cleveland Browns at home 23-20. What were the big takeaways from this game? I think this one kind of went, this was one of the few games that went kind of as expected, I thought. I thought it was going to be a, a you know division rivalry game. It's going to be slugfest out there. It's going to be close. The Browns are going to run the ball, um, and that's kind of what happened. The Ravens they're they're just a better team with the quarterback play that they have. So the the Browns could never really get um, some of those those passing um, big plays that they needed. So it, you know it was close close game, close fought. Kind of what we expected there. Uh, Ravens definitely the better team right now but it'll be interesting you know we've mentioned it a few times early in the season the browns they they need to start getting some wins together because if they want to be able to make a late push in the season once watkins comes uh uh, watson comes around you know they're gonna have to start winning some of the uh, maybe not against the ravens and some of these better teams but when they face weaker teams they need to start winning these games so they have a chance to make a push later because with that running game they've got their defense is pretty decent you know, they, they can be a, a difficult team later on in the season uh, once they do have a better quarterback. But that's assuming he's going to come back and be good. So, I mean, and we can't really assume anything in the NFL right now. I mean, it's assuming he can come back, period. I mean, uh, there's yeah. another case pending, right, that uh, has uh, bubbled up to the surface in regards to his m- massage uh, malpractice. Yeah, I did, I did read. I don't, I don't know if this is 100% because it's always pending, you know, investigations and whatnot but they were saying that no matter what happens with this new allegation it wasn't going to affect his suspension so like he's going to come back no matter no, what no but, no double jeopardy <laughs> yeah exactly but you never know if there's something that's like egregious that comes out you know the nfl could probably double back but <laughs> I believe all women chris <laughs> <laughs> yeah this this game was the game Brissett got exposed um obviously the difference of this game is really just the two fumbles with cleveland uh, cleveland browns i think they have three fumbles in total uh but the two that they lost is ultimately the difference of the game i think cleveland actually l- looked a little better than expected um at least you know playing with the ravens uh didn't expect um what they did with Lamar Jackson. Actually, they kind of contained him. Uh, just Lamar just alone is number five in the whole league with just rushing, uh, which is kind of funny, you know, because he's, he's a quarterback. Um, but I think in the air, they kind of limited him. So um, they were definitely had a shot in this game. I think they were up in the first half or first quarter. Um, they had a couple duds in the middle of the game. So I think third quarter, they they 
didn't do too too much, and then that's when the Ravens kind of capitalized playing at home. Um, the, the Cleveland Browns, I mean, they this was a must-win for them, I believe, uh, because to your point, Chris, when Watson comes back, you know, they're, they're going to want to – they're probably going to make a push. And I, I can see that them they could go on a, definitely a, a winning streak um, – we don't know the the you know we don't know what Watson's going to look like when he comes back. There'll probably be some game rust that he has to shake off. But um, I was actually p- pretty surprised with um, you know the Browns. Obviously, they have the the number one running back in the whole league, uh, six hundred forty nine yards in total from Nick Chubb. He's leading the pack for. Um, so this is a game that Baltimore, um, I, in my opinion, kind of looked out winning. So. Yeah, it was close. Baltimore, uh, excuse me, the Cleveland Browns are definitely going to look to uh, try to stop the bleeding here. Um, they're, they're now falling to two and five. Um, yeah, lost a lot of close games. Yeah, and the division is starting to to sail away. <laughs> yep, yeah. They're open. <laughs> they're praying for Deshaun Watson to come back and be that difference maker. Um, you know, because like you're saying, uh, the Jacoby Brissett's just not not necessarily doing it for him. All right, well, let's uh, move on to the stunner of the weekend, I would argue. Uh, oh, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> going into Carolina and dropping this one, surprisingly, uh, losing to the McCaffrey-less, the uh, head coach-less, the uh, starting quarterback-less <laughs> Carolina yeah. Panthers. What the hell is going on <laughs> in Tampa? Yeah, and the, the quarterback number two list as well. Oh, and, and the receiver. They, they, yeah, <laughs> they sent their uh, their other receiver out as yeah, well. That's right, too. They sent him to Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, this is just like, I, I think that they were just, you know, handing out tickets, uh, uh, raffle tickets to the stands to see if anybody wanted to play the game. Um, and, and Tampa Bay can't come in, and Tom Brady can't come in and get this done. They lose this game to the Carolina Panthers 21 to 3. Tom Brady not even throwing a touchdown in this one. Uh, several moments throughout this game, he was visibly upset. Uh, the petulant t- child that is Tom Brady uh, coming out. I mean, I, I, I don't even know how many Microsoft ta- tablets were lost today on the sidelines. <laughs> I can only imagine, right? Um, this is not looking good. This is starting to look like the end of an era. This is starting to look like the fall of Rome, the fall of the empire, the fall of the goat, Tom Brady. Uh, what's the takeaway from this? Because now Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, what they've dropped the last two, right? Correct. So, um, three and four, uh, not looking great. Um, I don't know what's, what's happening. Yeah. It's, it's been a struggle offensively. Uh, I mean, even in a couple of their wins, they, they weren't getting more than like 20 points. I think one of their ones, they only had 19, so their offense has not really gotten it going all year. I think the key is actually it's not so much on Brady, even though you can put a lot on him, and he and deservingly so. They have no running game. Yeah, they got none whatsoever. Fournette is going back there and only rushing like less than 10 times a game. You need more out of your running game. And Brady, he dropped back 49 times today. Um, no touchdowns. You can't win games like that in the NFL. He's been Mr. Field Goal this season. So they've got issues trying to score the ball and get seven on the board. Mike Evans dropped a complete gimme of a touchdown. He'll never get an easier reception than that. I mean, those things happen, though. They should still – that was early in the game. They should still be able to come back from that. Right. But they've got no run game, and – it's, it's showing that it's all the pressures on Brady, and he's not that guy anymore. He's not that guy that can go back there and elevate everyone else. He's got to be able to have guys that can make plays for him. And if they're not doing it, he's, he's like you said, the, the fall of Rome. We've never, ever seen Brady with a losing record, like this this early in the season especially. Um, so it's it's strange times for sure, but... Yeah, they're they're Mr. Field goals out there now. Yeah, they only got one today. Yeah, <laughs> kind of crazy. <laughs> yesterday, uh, I was looking at a stat, and this is the first time Tom Brady's been under five hundred for two decades. Wow. But here's my question, guys, and this is I'm just going to throw this out here: Is this the legacy of Tom Brady that's getting exposed? Because we've seen him 
previous teams before just been completely stacked. And this one's you could you could also make the argument too that their playmaking positions, their talent core positions, they're stacked as well. But that offensive line is not so good. So with Tom Brady dropping back as much as he has, and he's going against a second-string quarterback with a very compromised offense and a very basically new, uh, uh, fresh look out of Carolina, and he still gets beat three to twenty-one. Are we? Is he overhyped? Is Tom Brady overhyped? Because that I mean, you're a veteran quarterback. You're supposed to be the greatest. It's pretty much ever done it or play play the position. What's going on? He's not overhyped. He's over the hill. <laughs> Touche. Tom Brady, he's old, and he's starting to look old. I mean, we'll get to Aaron Rodgers later, but that's another dude who's starting to look. That 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 paint is peeling, mm. right? And um, it's it's a good question in regards to the whole you know system quarterback thing with Tom Brady. You know, oh, he's a system quarterback, and you got to have a good offensive line in order for that to really work. But at the same time, to your point, Kevin, he's got. You look at the squad. I mean, you got Evans, you got Godwin, you got K- Gage. You got. I mean, he, he's got yeah. weapons. You, you you know, and and I don't know what Fournette's issue is. I mean, I know that he uh, at the beginning of the season he showed up to a preseason thirty five pounds overweight, so he was n- not Fournette. He was looking more like five net. Um, <laughs> but uh, he he had a monster of a game at the beginning of the season, and so what has changed? To me, it's almost like a mental issue. It's it's what personal life is definitely affecting Tom Brady. You know, uh, we don't need to get into that. You know, TMZ style here, but I think that's a factor. And then I think that he's taking it out on everybody because you just see him like old grandpa, yeah. uh, uh, grandpa Brady. You know, having a chat with the offensive line again. Like you guys got to be blocking for me. You know, like <laughs> tell us something that we don't know, Brady. Uh, I don't know. I think that that also affects morale, affects uh, how well uh, somebody tries for you and yeah. the effort that they put out. I don't know. Maybe that's a play, too. I, I, that defense is overhyped, too. Tampa yeah, Bay's defense, yeah. is, it's, it's subpar. You know, they, were, they weren't stopping the run for Carolina at all, and they lost their starting running back. Just pretty much crap all over the field with, with Tampa Bay, and that was a huge surprise. Yeah, well, NFC South, uh, you know, that's 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 a funny division too. Um, but uh, we all thought that uh, we wouldn't. We none of us, none of us at this point thought that we'd be looking at a three and four Tampa Bay Buccaneers, especially after taking on the uh, uh, Carolina Panthers, who now get to jump to two and five. Good for them. Um, <laughs> I just again, I just want to bask in this because I do love a good, good uh, uh, Tom Brady loss. You know, it's it's like music to my ears, it warms the cockles of my heart. But let's just reflect again. Uh, uh, P. Walker is your quarterback. Yeah, P. J. Walker. Yeah, exactly. P. J. No, Walker. no Christian. Yeah. No Christian McCaffrey. You know, no uh, um, the the guy they shipped out, the wide receiver. I mean, no bad coach. Like this is just like this is a shitstorm, man. I think that's DefCom Five down in Tampa. Bay uh, heads are going to roll. They need to figure something out because it's uh, the, the ship is going down. It's sinking. Those Buccaneers better start getting out their bail bu- buckets and start uh, taking that water and throwing it over over the side because they're they're going down. I mean, you think this might be a little bit of revenge from uh, Bruce Arians for getting kicked up out of the head coach job up to the uh, up to the upper booth. And now he's like, all right, fine. Go ahead. Do it, Brady. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see you do it. Let's see what sucked. you got, buddy. <laughs> sucked all year so far. Yeah. <laughs> and Brady's lashing out at all the linemen, and they're like, all right, well, we're just going to not block that great for you. We're going to drop wide open passes for you. Let's get this geezer out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get this geezer. You should have stayed retired, you bastard. The senior special is over. You have to pay full price for your eggs and pancakes, Brady. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's move on. Uh, let's move on to uh, a, a moment where a team arguably did need that that statement game. And I'm speaking of the Cincinnati Bengals as they hosted the Atlanta Falcons and they beat the Falcons 35-17. As I said before, a lot of questions about the Cincinnati Bengals, a lot of questions about 
what they were doing um, and and uh, you know Joe Burrow and his production and and Chase and and the, that lack of seemingly that lack of chemistry, right? It seems like they're starting to find a rhythm. Meanwhile, the Atlanta Falcons who were, you know, making a, a a good showing of it. A lot of us looked at the Atlanta Falcons and considered them to be that automatic dub, uh, excuse me, that automatic L that, 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 right. that, that yeah. win for the other team. Not so much was the case, especially as of late, but, uh, uh, maybe the, um, the aura of, of, uh, what, uh, Atlanta could have been has faded a little bit or or maybe this is just um I don't know maybe this is just uh, uh them going into Cincinnati and and uh, just not having a very good showing as we talked about before not the greatest team on the road so 35-17 Joe Burrow comes out the Cincinnati Bengals come out make a statement win uh what are you thinking are you are you are you believing in the Bengals are they are they uh on their way up yeah, I, th- I think it's it's been slow these these first several weeks, but we've seen it week by week. They seem to have gotten a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And granted, they've got a couple wins against some teams that they should definitely beat, and some games have been closer than maybe they should have been. But this was a game that they needed to come out at home against a Falcon team they should beat handily, and and they handled their business. And Burrow had a day. 481 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. I mean, that's a huge day. He's got multiple uh, receivers over 100 yards, Boyd and Chase. Higgins almost got to 100 at 93 yards. So they, they had a great day. Um, they're looking like they're they're up and coming for sure. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with in that division. You know, it's, it's going to come down to, so like we said in the beginning of the year, it's going to come down to the Bengals and the Ravens. The yeah. Bengals didn't look so hot starting out but they're coming on strong and uh yeah they look like they've been making progress for sure each week yeah this is something i didn't expect actually i think i predicted it was going to come down to the wire um and yeah i did too it was absolute opposite the Bengals jumped on them early and never stopped um they had a fourth quarter they they put up a goose egg but at that point i mean this game was over it was long shot it was it was out of you know the falcons hands for sure they were not getting back in this game um, and the Bengals look great. Yeah, exactly. Which all you, what all you guys have mentioned. You know, three receivers and even Higgins is it was on fire as well. Even a tight end, Hurst had a pretty good game for Burrow, and Burrow was outstanding. Uh, this is the Bengals we're expecting to see, um, but we haven't seen it from the previous weeks. Um, I think their defense held up pretty good as well. I think Mariota did have a fumble. I do believe he recovered it, but still they were getting pressure on him. Um, and, and this is something that we expect out of the Bengals. So if they're going to be a top notch, you know, especially in that division, so close already. Um, I'm waiting for the showdown between them and the Ravens. That you can, that's going to be amazing, guys. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be uh, a good and and they they definitely clearly are the two top teams, the Ravens and the the Bengals, in regards to their to the AFC North. Um, and uh, yeah, it, they're 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 both uh, going to be in contention for sure. All right, well, let's move on to Dallas as the Dallas Cowboys hosted the Detroit Lions. Of course, this was the return of Dak Prescott. Dak is back, uh, who was out because of his thumb injury. Uh, there was, of course, uh, uh, potential potential for a quarterback controversy because of uh, Cooper Rush, who had come in and, what, won four in a row? Um, uh, lost to the yeah. previous game to, um, help me now, uh, Philadelphia. the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles, of course, who are undefeated. As we said, the 1-0 had to go, and that was Cooper Rush's. Um I don't know. Are you saying so? The Cowboys they won this game twenty four six. But I watched this game mm-hmm. and I was not impressed by Dak Prescott. He threw for two hundred and seven yards. He did have a touchdown, but that was like a charity. That was like a mm-hmm. late in the game. And please, sir, may I have a <laughs> touchdown? And it's like okay. And you want to talk about a squad that so shat boring. the bed, rolled in it, shat it again, and then rolled over? Uh, it was the Detroit Lions. They had multiple opportunity to score multiple opportunity to put points on the board and um it was it was close like it was uh it was you know within three for the majority of the game until that fourth quarter where the Dallas Cowboys were able to pull away so does this answer the quarterback controversy or is this just buy Dak another week 
It, it buys Dak another week. Yeah, because to all your points, this was a close game. If Detroit doesn't fumble on the literal one-yard line going into score, right? who knows how this game turns out. Um, but Dallas, you know, their, their defense and their pass rush was the difference because once the Lions got behind and they just had to drop back, that they just went after Goff and they were able to turn him over again and again and again. It seemed like every time he got the ball, he was turning it over after that, at that point. Um, but no, Dak was not impressive whatsoever. The the commentators basically were making excuses for him. Oh, he's rusty and whatnot. It's like the guy has only been out for a month. He's dumb. I mean, he's dumb. <laughs> so no, he, he wasn't impressive. And the Detroit's defense is not you know something that we're all like, oh my gosh, this was a good defense out there. They've been giving up points like crazy too. So for them to only score 24 points, even with all those extra turnovers, not a great showing by Dak at home. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes going forward. I think if uh, Dak starts, you know, dropping some games late in the season, it, it, the controversy will probably definitely rear its head. But I think he could probably again, start dropping I, them sooner than that. Yeah, so I, I think it's it's going to be they need to just pretend Rush is a quarterback, call the game like that. Stick to the run. Stick to the the uh, uh, the play action. Don't just be dropping back with Dak 40, 50 times a game and and let your defense kind of keep you in the game and and win games for you. And I th- I think that their their coaches know that. So we'll see how it goes going forward. But. And, let, and let's not forget too, DeAndre Smith was not he did not play for the Detroit Lions, and that very much could have been the difference for for the Lions themselves. But uh, so all that to say, I, I wasn't really impressed by Dak. No, not at all. This is another I, I said overhyped before, and I'm again I was referring to probably one of the better quarterbacks, but this for sure, I can put this on solid concrete. Dak <laughs> is overhyped. This game they should have lost, guys. Their Detroit Lions were one yard away from getting ahead in the game. And with that fumble, I mean, the Detroit Lions were shut out the whole second half, so they didn't score anything. Um, this is kind of when the Cowboys kind of took over, but and when I was looking this game, when I was watching it, at least, the Cowboys were getting all these home field calls. I was, I, they were, Dak was missing a receiver, throwing it short, and hitting the backside of a, a Detroit Lions defender, and then all of a sudden you see a, a red, uh, yellow flag jump up and say, oh, it's pass interference because Dak can't hit his receiver and so they were getting help throughout the whole um, the whole drive seemingly and then they obviously they, they didn't end up scoring um, I was not impressed at all with the Dallas Cowboys guys um, if I was a Dallas Cowboys fan I would probably push harder for Cooper Rush I think he is your go-to I think you get a lot of uh, even though he's new to the offense but I think they got a lot of better drives down the field um, and even looking at the stats J- Jared Goff outperformed aside from the two interceptions Exceptions, but I mean, I, he still outperformed uh, Dak Prescott as far as yardage. Um, even they had a better running game. Like this was the the Detroit Lions doing what Detroit Lions do best, and that's giving the game away. And the K- Dallas Cowboys were just lucky enough to be on the other side of that. The benefactor of it. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> also, probably a little bit of wishful thinking when I was watching the game too, because I was I was kind of hoping for that controversy and that that oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that crumbling in Jerry World, where it's like, oh god, you know, uh, the Dallas Cowboys lose to a one and four Detroit Lions squad would have just been great. But uh, well, they uh, play the Bears next week. <laughs> if they lose to the Bears, oh my god, that would that would be something. But I but uh, I don't expect that to happen. Uh, so now the Cowboys, well, go ahead. I was just saying, no, if they end up losing to the Bears, it's going to be because the amazing talents of yeah. the ultra-gifted Justin Fields. Justin Fields, man. It's not Dak Prescott's fault. He it's can't Fields be denied. so phenomenal. Fields is, is so elite. Dak will be able to buy himself another week after that one, at least. Yeah, so the Cowboys, they jump up to 5-2. and two. Uh, And meanwhile, the sad, sad Lions stay at 1-5. and five. So let's move on to Jacksonville, who hosted the New York Giants, the G-Men, who now... Uh, in the wake of beating said Jacksonville Jaguars 23 to 17, move up to six and one. Man, that's got to be a lot of fun. None of us saw that, especially for the NFC East, seeing a six and one uh, giant squad. Uh, it looked like for a while that, uh, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars were going to make a game of it. Uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence, he had a, a, a decent showing, 310 yards. Uh, he did rush in for, for a touchdown. 
down. Um, but uh, not enough, not enough to beat the G-Men. The G-Men uh, maybe pulled a rabbit out of their hat, but uh, uh, pulled this one out nonetheless and uh, won this game 23-17. Yeah, uh, Giants, they're definitely the better team. You know, they, again, Keep proving me wrong. I really was thinking Jacksonville was going to pull this one out. I was telling everyone bet big on this one. Yeah. <laughs> and they're about a yard away. You know, they're at last play of the game. He's just shy of the goal line. But, you know, a yard away is same as a mile away. Um, but credit to the Giants. They were down. They needed to go on a big drive to, to get a win. And they did. They went down the fourth quarter. They were down 17-14, uh, I believe. They had, they, they were definitely losing and um, went down, got a big score. Daniel Jones had a great game, yeah, running all over the place as well, getting all kinds of yards. QB sneaked in for that touchdown, and Jacksonville just kind of answered back. You know, they got really close, but stuff's just short. And, uh, you know, good teams, they'll they'll keep you out when they need to. So uh, Giants, you know, sitting pretty at 6-1. and one. I mean, who who knew that was going to happen? Yeah, that's true. No got to give <laughs> – I mean, you got to give Giants credit for, for coming down, at least getting the game because they sucked – uh, for a very long time in this game, and, and there, Trevor Lawrence was having his way with them. Uh, that defense wasn't looking at that defense like we were talking about in previous episodes. Uh, Giants, I, I think they're exposed. I think they're for sure. I think they're overrated because this game they probably should have dropped. Um, I know that Barkley had a pretty good game, but um, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they they came at them, and they were uh, – looks. I mean, we talked about this before, guys, that, that – that tandem between Trevor Lawrence and uh, Etienne Jr. I mean, that has something there. You know, there there's some chemistry there, and that when they get going like today, uh, they look pretty good. I know that Etienne had that fumble that was very costly. Um, potentially was the factor that put the Giants on top on this one, but the Giants go in and you know they, they'll they'll get the victory. But I think next week they might get exposed again. They do play Seahawks, so uh, we'll see. I mean, those are two comparable teams. We'll see how good they are. Absolutely. So let's move on to Tennessee as the Titans host the Indianapolis Colts. The Titans come out on top 19 to 10. Of course, King Henry in the house running, uh, rushing of our 128 yards. Uh, Ryan Tannehill on brand with his uh, 132 yards passing, no touchdowns, uh, but no interceptions. And of course, Matty Ice uh, looking like Matty Lice. Cause he got me scratch. Cause he got me scratching my head. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Threw for two hundred and forty-three yards, one touchdown, but of course, two picks. Uh, going into this one, man, I was thinking like the Colts were going to take this. They had a shot, uh, but uh, you know it went the way that it needed to go. Tennessee at home, uh, leaning on the run, leaning on Henry. Yeah, this was the epitome of a Tennessee Titans game. How they want to play, and uh, yeah. Well, Matt Ryan lost the game when he threw that pick six early on in the game because it got him behind by, by I think it was 10 at the time, and that's just too much. Once they get a lead on you like that, you know, unless you're the Chiefs or somebody, they're just going to pound the ball, run the clock, and uh, just kind of contain your offense to where they're not going to be giving up any big plays and make you use clock to go down the field. And this, this is exactly a methodical Titans win, 19-10. Uh, to 10. Uh, very similar to their previous game, just a somewhat sl- uh, lower scoring. But yeah, this this was the Titan script, and that's exactly how they wanted to play, and that's that's how it went. Guys, this was a boring ass game. I don't know if you guys saw this thing. <laughs> this thing sucked. Um, really, nothing that was spectac- uh, spectacular on either team. Um, Tannehill, I think he came up with a sore ankle or something. So I think that at the end of the game, he was walking off the field. Um, but I think they play the Texans next week, so it shouldn't be too costly for them. They should still get this division. Um, at least they're on pace too. Um, I'm not impressed with any of these teams, guys. Uh, this was a snoozer, if you ask me. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to uh, uh, one that wasn't a snoozer in regards to uh, how it ended up, and that's the uh, Washington Commanders uh, hosting Green Bay Packers. Discount double-check Rodgers. Uh, they dropped this one. 23-21. Uh, again, going back to that conversation we had with Brady, this does seem like that kind of fall of an empire, fall of the OG uh, QB crew. Uh, Rodgers just not looking good. Packers are not looking good. I understand he doesn't have a great receiving core, uh, but still, when it comes down to it, it, you know, we did watch part of this game, and 
Rogers was trying to make things happen. And so, you know, there, only one man could do so much. I understand that, but things weren't all so they're looking kind of sloppy as well. But I got to, you know what? I got to say, I got to throw a little props to uh, Taylor Heineke coming out in, in the wake of the injury to Carson Wentz, throwing for 201 yards. He did throw one pick, but he did throw two for two, uh, two touchdowns. Um, he had a great showing. He was, I thought he was broadcasting his pass a little bit too much with the eye, uh, throwing a little bit behind receivers. But as those games go by, he's only going to get better. So I don't know if they're in any kind of rush to get Carson Wentz back. Yeah, he made big plays. Like, you know, probably not the best game from, from start to finish, but when they really needed a play, he was able to come through and, and uh, complete some really crucial passes. And, Kind of vice versa. When Rodgers needed one of his receivers to make a play, they they dropped. I mean, there was that huge uh, fourth down. I think it was like fourth and two, and the guy dropped it. Uh, you know, he did get hit, so you know it's easy to say he just dropped it when you're not getting hit. But um, that, that's a catch that you got to come down with to convert that fourth down. And who knows how the game goes after that? Um, but yeah, it came down to the wire. You know, we saw that uh, <laughs> they did that desperation play where they were pitching it all over the the field, which was kind of fun. It looked like they were getting down pretty close to the Yeah, the it seemed line, like they might pull it off for a second yeah, there. Yeah, it, it was getting close. And then Rodgers threw one across the field and the, the guy kind of catch it. Um, yeah, it's you know the, the Packers, similar to the the Bucks, but I don't think quite as bad as the Bucks. ironically, because the Bucks actually have good receivers. Um, they just their offense is just completely out of sync. They don't have any kind of rhythm. And, and you saw Rodgers looking over to the sideline saying, like, what are we doing? And that that's not a good look. Uh, yeah. When you got your leader of your team kind of questioning to your coach, like, is he questioning play calls? Is he questioning scheme? You know, is he just like, what are we doing what after doing the game? Are we gonna get like, Are we gonna get some yeah. food after? <laughs> uh, so yeah, not not good to to drop a game being on the road. Um, you know, it is always tougher, but that's a team that they should beat, especially with a backup quarterback in there. So. Yeah, these older these older quarterbacks, you know, the father time is is catching up right now. It's looking like. Yeah, Chris, you know what was a good look? The Washington Commanders uniforms. <laughs> Do you get? They look like little Iron Mans out it? there. Yeah, I did. They they look great, and I think I agree with you, Scott Taylor Heineke. He's pretty outstanding. I was pretty impressed with him how he can roll out of pocket. Yes, he wasn't obviously, you know, something as far as you know, great quarterback or he's doing this and that, but he's competitive. And you can see yeah. that with how he's playing. He was he's very competitive. Definitely had a with, fire. Yeah. yeah, he wanted to win that game. And I think we'll see more and more out of this gentleman. Um next week I think he goes plays a Colts, so we'll see even more. Um but I do you gotta give props to the Washington Commanders defense. You know, Cole Holcomb, um, who's fifth in the league with tackles, um, was literally leading their that that defensive core against uh the Green Bay Packers. And and Aaron Rodgers had two fumbles, guys. Um and so it, actually excuse me. Yeah, three fumbles. I'm sorry. Uh, he had three fumbles in total. I know that he re- uh, he, he he captured two of them. He got two of them back, but he lost one ultimately. But the Commanders is kind of a, a unpredictable team. It's kind of a fun team, I guess. Um, sometimes they come out. Um, looks like they're apparently always in the game, but it's it's fun to watch. So I'm happy for you know the Commanders, and but you have to give it up to for Heineke as well because he was going to his playmakers. You know Terry McLaurin, um, Antonio Gibson. You know he's going after the guys that he should go after, and I obviously it led to a victory, so it worked. So uh, I don't know Green Bay sucks for you guys. You guys are definitely in uh, <laughs> crunch time. You guys got to figure it out. Both teams now uh, three and four on the season. So let's move on to Denver Mile High Stadium as they hosted the New York Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets came out on top 16 to nine and now have the five and two record on the season. The Denver Broncos were without their starting quarterback, Russell Wilson. Uh, who is it? Uh, Brett uh, uh, Ripien or Ripien? What's his name? Yeah. I, 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 I can't Ripen. remember. Ripien. Uh, he threw for uh, 222 yards. Did throw a pick. Uh, and of course, Zach Wilson on the for the Jets threw for 121 yards. Uh, Jets keep rolling. I think it's their defense for sure. Those cornerbacks are looking awfully tasty and uh, definitely producing for the team um 
Are we believing in the Jets? Uh, five and two. I'm just, again, one of those teams that I did not think that I would be saying that they are five and two on the season. Uh, and, you know, as far as how it places them within their division, you know, of course, you've got the Bills. Of course, you've got the Dolphins. But they are remaining uh, in this uh, conversation sitting in what? It's a, uh, I don't even know. Are they They're second? Five and two. Yeah, they, five and two. Yeah, five They're and second two. second behind Buffalo. Behind Buffalo. So, um, what are you thinking in regards to the Jets? Yeah, this, I mean, to your point, the defense is, has been really good. Um, they did play a very bad offense today. Whether Wilson's in there or not, that offense is just bad. Um, I thought if Wilson was in there, this probably would have been a closer game. Maybe Broncos win this one. So they've got some work to do offensively, the Jets do. They're, they're still a young team. So I don't think come playoff time, if they do stay in the playoff hunt and they end up making it, uh, inexperience will usually come back to bite you. Um, so I'm not really believing them as far as like making a big push, but uh, impressive, you know, with the five and two record. Uh, once again, just like the Giants, no one really saw that one coming. And um, these teams, once they start believing in themselves and they they can get some real confidence going, you know, they're going to be a tough team uh, as this season continues. So they they kind of did what they should have done, going there and just beat a team that just is is bad. I mean, the Broncos' defense is good, so low scoring game. Um, but the Broncos aren't going to go up there and score. 24 plus points on anybody right now. No. And the Jets got lucky. You know, they got in there. Um, uh, I mean, 62 yarder for, for their, their touchdown uh, from the rookie Brees Hall. Um, the Jets, the only thing real about the Jets guys, I'm just going to be honest here, is the defense. Um, CJ Mosley, I mean, they all look good out there. The defense is pretty well instructed. The offense is is, is pretty suspect. Um, guys, we're looking at a very low scoring game. The Broncos didn't score anything in the whole second half. So third, 40, third uh, quarter, fourth quarter, putting up zeros here. Um, yeah, of course, you're going to lose a game that way, no matter who you play, seemingly. So um, happy for the Jets, but, you know. Not, not, not impressed. <laughs> I totally get it. Uh, but uh, you know, you, 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 if if you're a New York Jets fan, you're 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 definitely pretty pleased with what you're seeing right now. Even though I agree, a lot of their wins have come like you know, <laughs> Luck based streak. off of yeah, lucky <laughs> lucky matchups, perfect timing, if yeah. you will. Uh, but you're definitely stoked if uh, if if you're rooting for the Jets. All right, well, let's move on to the Raiders and the Houston Texans. Both these teams were one week win teams and somebody had to come out on top but before we do that we would like to invite you to join our agenda the sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment subscribe to the show give us a five-star rating and tell your friends about us also follow us on twitter at sideline agenda sideline the agenda get off the sideline and into the game as i said both teams sitting with one win on the season prior to this matchup today las vegas raiders host the houston texans and the raiders actually ended up pulling this one out 38 to 20 they uh defeated the houston texans this was not necessarily a very impressive um showing from what i saw of this matchup um, you had uh, Davis Mills for the Houston Texans throwing 302 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. And Derek Carr doing what Derek Carr does, uh, floating midstream with uh, 241 yards and one touchdown. Uh, but the big star of the show, of course, for the Raiders was Josh Jacobs, who got moving with 143 yards rushing and three touchdowns. Yeah, I think the Raiders need to figure out their identity, and they think that they're going to be some high-flying offense with Carr throwing it all over the place with Adams out there and Renfro and uh, their uh, Waller, their tight end. But they need to be a running team. They need to ride Jacobs. He's been having a great season. Uh, these last few games especially, he's been you know picking up chunks. He averaged seven yards today uh, per carry. So th they need to start riding him and have their offense flow off of him. And then uh, these other guys, they're just going to get more open and make it easier for Carr. You know, Carr completed a lot of passes. You know, credit for him for that, for 21 out of 27. Um, but, yeah, no, nothing real deep. Um, Adams had a decent game, eight catches, 95 yards. Uh, 
but a, a couple guys had like a 25 yarder, but they, they're not like sh- shooting it down the, the field, 40, 50 yards, anything like that. They need to ride Jacobs and kind of stick to this script, keep Carr at like 25 attempts or less, get Jacobs attempts higher. And uh, they're going to be, a, a, I mean, their season might be, might be done already just because of how good some of these other teams, uh, or at least the Chiefs are uh, in that division. Um, but if the Raiders go on a, a win streak, you know, maybe they can get back into it. But uh, I think that they need to stick to the script that they figured out today and ride Jacobs for as much as they can the rest of the season. But they beat up an inferior team, and it took 21 points in the fourth quarter to come out and win this thing by 18. So this was a close game, like you said, for three quarters, and they were able to pull away at the end. Yeah, that and that's probably the, the biggest factor is this, this was a close game. They almost lost to the Texans. They had a really big fourth quarter. I 100% agree with you, Chris. I just don't want to say it online because I don't want the Raiders to come out <laughs> on top. This is the <laughs> advice for the Raiders. If I was a Raiders fan, guys, you just run the ball. You know, run the ball more than you throw the ball. You know, Josh Jacobs is third rushing in the whole league. He's a workhorse, and he's proven that year after year, and it amazes me why they put so much trust in Derek Carr. Um, he has a couple playmakers out there. He has a decent wide receiver core when he can when he goes to him. But right now, it should be you know 60-40 where they're running the ball. They have a pretty good offensive line. Their defense is not bad. I just don't want to say it because you know if the Raiders start doing this, they might win more games, and then I can't see that because <laughs> the Raiders eventually you know I, I, they suck. And so, <laughs> well, I, I don't think you have to worry about that too much unless something miraculous happened. The Raiders sitting now two and four after this win today, two and four. Uh, so as far as the AFC West is concerned, you know they've got a they've got quite the hill to climb against Los Angeles Chargers and more specifically those Kansas City Chiefs. Speaking of those Kansas City Chiefs, they traveled their happy asses all the way to San Francisco to take on the 49ers, and they walked away with a win, forty. 40- Four to twenty-three was the final. The Kansas City Chiefs are now five and two on the season, uh, while the 49ers are three and four. A lot of offense. This was an entertaining as hell game, I must admit. Um, of course, me being a Rams fan and actively rooting against the Niners, it was entertaining from that standpoint. And of course, uh, uh, supporting my brother here, Kevin, and his uh, his uh, appreciation for the Kansas City Chiefs, that was entertaining as hell. But you know, it was also uh, just a uh, fun to see. Patrick Mahomes do what Patrick Mahomes does best, putting up 423 yards, three touchdown passes. He did throw one pick, but uh, man, I do love those numbers and love those Kansas City style games when I see them. Yeah, this game started out really bad for the Chiefs. They got down 10 nothing immediately, and Mahomes threw an ugly interception, and you're thinking like, oh no, here we go. It's uh, kind of picked up where he left off against Buffalo. And here they come roaring back, yeah. and they they outscored them from that point on. Was it uh, forty four to thirteen? Mm-hmm. They absolutely just destroyed them. Their offense just marched right down the field. They had a, several big plays. Hardman had a day with three touchdowns. Uh, like you said, Mahomes putting up over four hundred yards. So the the Chiefs. Yeah, they, they put a whooping on the, the 49ers, which, yeah, as Rams fans, we love to see. Um, a couple big turnovers from Garoppolo um, that could have made this game much closer. Um, but, you know, the Chiefs, they, they're definitely looking like they're – them along with the Bills, they're looking like they're uh, going to be right there at the end. It's, it might come down to between those teams as to who makes it to the Super Bowl because that offense, it's just looking like it's getting better and better as they, they work in – you know, they've got several new guys this year. So able to spread the ball around. You got playmakers all over the place with Kelsey, Hardman, Valdez Scantling, even Schuster. So they're looking good. And there's rumors out there that they're they might be trying to add someone or something else, either defensively or offensively. So they're they also got some guys hurt. They're bound to only get better. Um, but yeah, big win on the road, especially getting down early like that. But the Chiefs, they've just had a history of this. They get down and it I don't know, maybe just make some play better because they come roaring back and they did it against the the 49ers a great defensive team they did it against the Raiders a few weeks back they were down I think it was 17 nothing in that one and uh this looks like no lead is too big for them to come back from 
Yeah, what a win, guys. This was exciting. It was an exciting game. I know it was an ugly first quarter, but aside from that, guys, on International Tight End Day, whatever that means, you see numbers out of Kittle <laughs> and, and Travis Kelsey. You know, it just seemed like a kind of a, a, a silly bumper sticker they kept writing all day long. Yeah, that was pretty annoying. It's a weird... <laughs> Weird random thing. Yeah, I've never heard of it before. Yeah. Some some woman in the office was like, Oh, did you notice it's National Tight Ends Day? <laughs> I know that like Travis, I'll make the shirts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll make the sh- everyone wear their shirt. Wear your shirt on Sunday. No, I know that Carrie uh Carrie what's his name? Something uh Carrie Kittle. Did <laughs> what's this guy's Kittle? Carrie Kittle. I love it. Um, um and Travis Kelsey, I know that they had a tight end program. George Kittle. During, George Kittle there you yeah, go, George yeah. Kittle. Who's Carrie Kittle. Kittle. Was he Kerry a quarterback Kittles. for the he used Giants? To be, uh, no. Uh, I think he K- might be right. Carrie? No, that was Collins. <laughs> there used to be a guy on the Nets like 20 years ago. The yeah, Lakers faced was, him in the uh, finals. Carrie Kittles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was like a small forward. And he was a coach I, too, right? Or, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I know that these two guys had a tight end like um, a training or a program where they, they helped the kids. They also helped other professional tight ends during this past season. I don't know if this was their, their attempt to like praise Kerry. Uh, what not? There you go again, George, George Kittle <laughs> <laughs> and Travis Kelsey because they're playing each other today. But um, thank you, Andy Reid, for tuning into our episode. Um, I know that you guys are kind of picking at what we're saying, and we're we're giving a lot of teams great advice. And so we have to thank you know Andy Reid for tuning in. Finally, um, putting you know uh, Isaiah Pacheco in the backfield for the Chiefs. He had a pretty good game. As far as um, his vision out there, looks very impressive. I think they keep riding with them. I think more you get him, uh, a Sky more you get him out of the the punt return. You know where you see this is the second time where he's you know fumbled the ball and almost cost the game. Uh, man, the Chiefs defense looked pretty good, although uh, a lot of yards um, been given up, and so um, it was a hit and miss. They had some some good stops and then most of the time it was just them pushing the ball. It was, it was an interesting game guys. I enjoyed it. Um, we watched it and we did see a lot of flags, um, but that a was lot to of be, laundry. That was to be expected. <laughs> Good win for the Chiefs. Yeah, for for those wondering, Kerry Kittle, uh, he was uh, drafted in the 96 first round draft, uh, picked uh, eighth overall by the uh, New Jersey Nets, uh, played for the New Jersey Nets through 2004, and then uh, moved on over to the Los Angeles Clippers for 2004, 2005, and was a head coach at Princeton, uh, or excuse me, assistant coach. Sorry about that. Uh, 2016, <laughs> 2018. So George Kittle uh, on National, uh, we honor you, George Kittle, yeah. through Carrie Kittle on National uh, <laughs> Tight End Day. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, the Los Angeles Chargers as they hosted the Seattle Seahawks. And they lost to the Seahawks because do do Gino, the quarterback of the uh, Seattle Seahawks, why it's Gino Smith. Uh, they, the Seahawks beat the uh, Chargers 37 to 23. And uh, my man, our man, Gino, uh, he threw for 210 yards, two touchdowns, did throw one pick. Um, and Justin Herbert for the Chargers, 293 yards, two touchdowns and one pick. Um I, I hate to say this. I mean, I called it. I called it. Yeah, I said that the Seahawks were going to pull this one out. It looked like one of those classic Chargers were going to drop this this game. Uh, my my spidey senses were tingling. Uh, Chris, you disagreed. What do you got to say about it now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is uh, <laughs> there's definitely some serious issues going on with the Chargers offense. I, I think the game really changed because they got down early real quick and they just kind of had to start dropping Herbert back. They did get back into it though. You know, it was 17, 14, uh, I think still in the first half. So it's not like they had to just completely throw the playbook out the, out the window and just start bombing it. Um, but I, th- I think they've got serious issues against the zone and I, I don't know what kind of offensive scheme they got where they, they, they're not patient enough to go down, run the ball, and, and stick to that kind of a, a game plan. They want to make these deep pass, pass plays and uh, to Williams and whatnot, but it just it wasn't happening. And Seattle, they're they're famous for that zone. And uh, Seattle's, you know, they're they're a lot better. There's a lot of big hits in this game, a lot of injuries, a lot of guys went down. You know, we saw Metcalf go down, we saw Jackson for the Chargers go down. It seemed like there's several other players going down. Um, 
so crazy game in that regard. But yeah, Seattle, you know, they're another team that no one expected to have a winning record at this point. They almost seemed like they were going to go into the season and just completely rebuild and tank. But with Geno Smith, you know, he's uh, speaking of uh, was a quarterback's just product of systems with, with Brady, you know, looking right. Wilson now. So right. um, if they can uh, control the game like they did running the ball, and and just allow Gino to get some easy completions with play action. They play solid enough defense. They're still not a great defensive team, but against some of these quarterbacks like Herbert, for whatever reason, not good against the zone. Uh, they can get leads and and they can hang on to them. Um, so impressive win for Seattle. The Chargers definitely got some issues offensively that they got to figure out. I know Keenan Allen. He was out there. He I, I, he still didn't look right to me, but. They got to figure something out uh, offensively because they got too much talent to to be playing the way they have been. Yeah, outstanding win for the Seahawks, guys. The MVP is Kenneth Walker the third, right? Um, got <laughs> God, he was awesome, guys. They couldn't stop him. Uh, One hundred sixty-eight yards, yeah, two TDs. I mean, he was the MVP. He was the difference maker. He made Geno Smith look outstanding, like he's been looking. I was. I will say. I have to admit, though, guys, I was watching this one as well, and some of the TD throws that you know Geno Smith had were really good throws. I was pretty impressed. But you got to look at Mister Third in the League, Khalil Mack on the on the Chargers. Um, he has he's third in the league for the sacks, but guys, he only has two tackles today, or excuse me, yesterday, and it just didn't. He was a non-factor, and the only thing good about the Chargers was their uniforms. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they had the dark navy blues this time, which, which I, I actually like those myself. I still, as well. I, I would like their <laughs> navy blue helmet. I, I don't like. Oh, the I, white I hear helmet. you. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, There's yeah. not much, not much product. Other than that, guys, there's not much to talk about. They they didn't use Austin Eckler, and I know that he he was catching some catching some uh, um, receiving, and then uh, he didn't run the ball as much. It, it was an ugly game for the Chargers. Both teams now uh, sitting at four and three. So finally, let's move to Sunday night football. Hard Rock Stadium down in Miami, Florida, as the Dolphins hosted the Pittsburgh Steelers. Both quarterbacks, uh, quarterback Tuo Tagovailoa for the Miami Dolphins and Kenny Pickett for the Pittsburgh Steelers were in concussion protocol and returned last night for Sunday Night Football. Uh, Tua made his his grand return to the Dolphins and uh, Kenny as well. Um, the Miami Dolphins, they won this one 16-10. to 10. Uh, there, this was, uh, one of those games that, uh, was, uh, you know, came, had, had moments of, of, of great entertainment and then some, some, some valleys, some, some lulls for sure. Uh, Tuatago Vailoa had a three for 261 yards and a touchdown. Um, and then, uh, Kenny Pickett, uh, threw for 257 yards, a touchdown, but through three interceptions, but that was not the story of the game. The story of the game was the Pittsburgh Steelers secondary on defense. Somebody should gather those guys around and, and uh, uh, show them that, that spherical thing that they use (laughs) in the game called a football and go, Hey guys, this is called a football. This is a shape. It's, it's kind of oblong, but, uh, nonetheless, you use your hands and you reach out with your hands and you, 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 you squeeze your hands over it in order to, to do what we call catch the ball because there were four <laughs> like give me opportunities that the secondary missed in regards to just blatant interceptions that they should have had that two through literally hitting guys in the chest there's one out the head like in the face mask area one on the you know the uh, a little low but like in the hands you know like there was there was four uh, four moments for sure that uh, those those that should have led to interceptions would have completely changed the, the the layout of the game. Um, to, to me, that was the difference maker. And and ironically, one could argue the Steelers actually probably should have won this game. Yeah, Pickett maybe need to change his name to pick him. <laughs> <laughs> the story of the game was interceptions. Neither quarterbacks looked very impressive. Tua underthrew many balls. He had a couple balls to Hill that would have been touchdowns, but he drastically underthrew him. 
And then, like you said, he he had a couple of errant throws that were underthrown right to the defense. But I guess there's a reason they play defense because they can't catch the ball. <laughs> they can bat it down, I guess, and, but they can't catch the damn ball. Uh, yeah, there was there's moments of entertainment. You know, there was that that drive at the end that looked like maybe the Steelers were gonna do something. But sure enough, interception. And it, it like the guy wasn't even like I didn't even see a Steeler like in the frame. It just he threw it right. right to the Dolphin. Yeah, I don't know if he fell down or something, but. That was kind of inexplicable. So I think he got I, confused. I, could, I think he thought that he was playing for the Dolphins all of a sudden. Yeah, maybe maybe his little <laughs> some rem, remnants of his concussion protocol. Yeah, <laughs> you a, could definitely tell. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I have seen blurry vision out there through the rain. I, I just couldn't tell. Was I on the Dolphins? I got drafted by the Dolphins, right? Yeah. Here we go. Touchdown. Yeah. I win. I win. <laughs> and then he got disappointed when that ref was waving it off, saying, no, incomplete. He's like, oh, damn it. Yeah, I thought oh, it yeah. was a touchdown. but for the Steelers I could I could kind of see why they're throwing this guy out there like he shows flashes of of being like uh, he could be a really good quarterback but then you also see the rookie where he makes some bonehead bonehead decisions so I think they know they're not winning anything this year so might as well get him out there and just just trial by far and he'll, he'll learn through experience um but yeah, Tua was very underwhelming. And I don't know about you guys, but when he ran the ball a couple of times, I was like wincing. Oh, yeah. When he did not slide, I couldn't believe he didn't slide a couple of times. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, when he's going he's the first, head, yeah, head first for that first down, I think all of us were so like, like <gasps> And someone. even was saying like pregame that he was going to be, oh, I'll be more mindful and like slide yeah. more and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Maybe that was just a, a deke and he was just trying to trick the Steelers. He's like, yeah, I'm going to say that. But and then I'm gonna go head up with these guys. And maybe I'll maybe I'll trick them and get some extra yards. Yeah, I was he, like, oh no, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't make very good decisions, does he, uh, regarding that aspect? Uh, and, and frankly, where we discussed this, you know, earlier in previous episodes, where that's probably what led him to the previous uh, uh, episodes where he he got concussed was holding onto the ball too long, uh, you know, uh, not getting rid of it, uh, opening himself up to that that potential injury. Yeah, and he's an injury prone guy to begin with, so it's like playing with fire (laughs) just go down man this game was over before the second half started (laughs) neither team scored in the whole second half what a snoozer guys we were looking at two concussed quarterbacks and they look like they've been concussed the Steelers (laughs) totally should have just they dropped this game literally um not a not really a surprise actually because Steelers they are not that impressive. They don't really have a whole lot of things going for them. Um, was hoping a little more out of Miami, but Miami looked terrible. They looked just off rhythm. Um, Tua just looked off rhythm. Just, everything just looked off and kind of like very meek and meager. Oh man, I was kind of um, was kind of hoping that game ended and. You know, <laughs> I think I think what would have made uh, that that game a little more interesting is if both Tua and uh, Kenny Pickett were uh, playing the game in like hospital gowns. <laughs> oh, I was <laughs> like they like they escaped the uh, <laughs> medical care. <laughs> I, I, I got a kick out of Mitch Trubisky sitting on the sideline with his helmet on and him licking his fingers on the sideline. <laughs> it's like as if he's going to get in the game. And I honestly, if, grip. if I was grip. Tomlin, I would probably would put Trubisky in the last drive because uh, Pickett was making some. Bonehead. Well, when yeah, when yeah, Pickett threw that mistakes. that interception in the end zone, uh, that that felt like a move or close to the end zone at least. That that felt like a, a move that uh, probably Mitch Trubinsky would not have made. Yeah. Um. And and so definitely that's where the the veteran would have helped in that situation. Um. But you know, like Chris said, it feels it feels like a rebuild for for Pittsburgh. Yeah, and at the same time, you know, they were, you know, they win this game and they're right in the thick of it in yeah. that division. Like they're if they're not tied for first, they're like within a game. So, I mean, they did have a lot to play for at the same time, but I mean, maybe, maybe there's looking long term that they know there's a lot of season left and they they probably won't be able to hang with uh Baltimore and and Cincinnati. Um but yeah, this was one that was 
was there for the pickings. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't hang on to it. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers right for the pickings. Yeah. fall to two and five, and the Miami Dolphins rise to four and three. Uh, real quick, uh, look to Monday night tonight. Uh, football between the uh, Chicago Bears, who go to New England uh, to take on the Patriots. Uh, does Jason Field just, again, just, you know, uh, step into his rightful spot as the elite quarterback of the NFL that he is and just put on a clinic and uh, <laughs> take Bill Belichick to school? Or are you uh, thinking that the uh, Patriots are going to win this one? I think this is going to be an old school Bill Belichick, just complete workshop here. He's going to shut down fields. Oh, yeah. You you could really tell how, how confident he is going into this game by how much he was talking up fields talking about how he's like, oh, he's a talent, and he can do so many things with his legs and his arm. He's like, yeah, you, you know, he's like, yeah, this guy sucks. We're going to kick their ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah Fields will get clamped. <laughs> Actually, the real question is who the Patriots going to start at quarterback Will Jones? Uh, will yeah? Will Jones be jo- back? Is Jones back? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, because you got Jones or you got the Zappy, yeah. Zippy, Zibberoos, doo That's right. They got a little bit of a mini quarterback controversy happening in New England for sure. Who cares? I look at this game and it's like, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll watch it. We'll uh, tell you how it went and uh, we'll tell you what the takeaways are so you don't have to bother. Enjoy your Monday night tonight. Uh, uh, You know, paint the wall or find something better to do. (laughs) We'll put in the work for you. All right. That's going to do it for us here at Sideline the Agenda. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume your podcasts entertainment give us a five-star review and tell your friends about the show you can also follow us on twitter at sideline agenda i am scott that's kevin that's chris this is sideline the agenda get off the sideline and into the game